0: and I am here to remind you that you don't need to look for love because you already are love. If you don't know what I'm talking about, keep listening to Lessons from Love Addiction. So, as promised, this is part two of the Emotions versus Feelings episode. If you haven't listened to part one, I would highly recommend listening to that one first. It's an episode prior to this one. But even if you haven't, this episode still makes sense as like a standalone one. If you want to listen to this one and then go back to listen to that one, that's okay too. So emotional addiction is what I really wanted to get into in this episode and like the cycle of emotional addiction. It's something that I'm very, very familiar with. Being a love addict, I realized that I would use people to regulate my emotions because I couldn't myself. And then I would get stuck in this cycle of emotional addiction with no way to get myself out of it, nor knowledge that I'm even in it so if you don't know what i'm talking about i am going to get into it basically i was stuck in the cycle of feeling like i was constantly craving something i was constantly craving something craving the perfect feeling craving the perfect vibe the perfect emotion the perfect situation something i was just craving something outside of myself that could make me feel whole really and I'm realizing now in recovery that this had a lot to do with my cycle of emotional addiction. Basically, the cycle of emotional addiction is a trigger, a reaction, an action to soothe that reaction, and then feelings that come from the action that you use to soothe the reaction that causes you feelings that you are addicted to. So it's like for a lot of us that were raised in like these chaotic environments, and chaotic doesn't necessarily have to be like violent or abusive. Chaotic environments can be unpredictable, could be environments where our emotional needs weren't met. Our attachment trauma, our emotional addiction comes from being raised in these chaotic environments. Then as adults, we basically seek out that feeling that we would get at home, that feeling of Chaos, that feeling of unpredictability and we will seek it out we are emotionally addicted to that feeling do you see where i'm going with this so we seek out people that'll make us feel like we are most comfortable feeling which unfortunately for some of us could be feeling unseen unheard unconsidered etc right so when we're not facing this feeling in our day-to-day life when we're the opposite of that when we're peaceful when we're stress-free we interpret this like our brain our body interprets this as boredom it interprets this as peace which is not familiar so we seek out some excitement and for love addicts like me what is the absolute highest form of excitement you could possibly seek out romantic attention And what's so funny about this is that, okay, us love addicts, like, we seek out, like, romantic attention, intrigue, glimmerance, sex, like, all that kind of, like, connection. But it's also this need for chaos also gives us a draw to, like, gossip drama unpredictability things that cause us like adrenaline rushes so that's really interesting so it's like even if you know being around unpredictable unsafe people or participating in drama or gossip doesn't necessarily feel good to our nervous system it does give us this like rush that we're looking for which is sometimes better than feeling nothing at all right But because it doesn't make us feel good, you know, the acting out, the seeking for people that make us feel like shit. Because these things don't make us feel good, they're often afterward giving us feelings of shame. Giving us feelings that we are subconsciously conditioning ourselves to be emotionally addicted to, to perpetuate. This cycle of emotional addiction So if you guys listened to my previous episode I mentioned how in my Recovery journal that I had started when I First realized that I was a love addict and then I started writing in my recovery journal the very First thing I had written was I need to figure out Why I'm addicted to feeling like shit and I figured it out I figured it out and I'm Here to help you guys figure it out too and Even better I'm here To really outline how We can break out of this emotional Addiction cycle and things That we can do instead to reap program ourselves to feel and to be comfortable with this sense of inner peace rather than to seek out things and people and situations that keep us in this draining toxic cycle of emotional addiction so for me usually the cycle would start when i would be triggered by something in my day-to-day for example one of my triggers was literally boredom Like pre-recovery, one of my triggers, I would have like a day off work and nothing planned, no errands to run, no plans with my friends, nothing scheduled for me to do with myself. And I would just be facing this empty day, bored and low-key scared. Because I realized that boredom was one of my triggers. A feeling of having nothing to do. A feeling of having no aim, no purpose in my day. A feeling of having no attention on me. A feeling of having no plans, no responsibilities. That was a trigger for me. That was a huge trigger for me. And how would I cope with that? I would either, you know, call up someone that obviously was not good for me. That I would eventually end up getting into a situation that would make me ashamed of myself. So shame was then subconsciously sort of like the feeling that I had been craving. It was sort of the feeling that I was seeking to replace boredom with because it felt more comfortable, if that makes sense, even though it feels so much worse and it's funny because in recovery like in finding new ways to react to my triggers I got to know myself better and I can quite literally say that I'm never bored there is always something to do because the more I get to know myself the more I get to know what I like what I don't like what I like to do what makes me happy what doesn't the more I spend time with myself by myself for myself getting to know myself the boredom has completely dissipated like I literally do not even remember the last time that I could honestly say that i was bored because there's always something to do even just sitting in silence is so interesting to me because in silence i find so many answers to things that are plaguing me or i can even discover things about myself but anyway that's like a that's a different episode we're gonna get into that though i promise like i'm gonna do an episode about things that specifically helped me get to know myself and then another one of my triggers for example would be any sort of like criticism any sort of disapproval would really massively trigger me and this is whether this is you know criticism disapproval by someone that cared about me a complete stranger uh my boss you know a family member a friend like it didn't matter criticism disapproval just did it for me it would trigger me it would send me into this downward spiral of like oh I'm being rejected I'm being judged. I might potentially be abandoned, I met, you know, depending on who's doing the criticism. So it would trigger all these other, like, even deeper fears inside of me that would always get me to act out or drink. Because it would be like, okay, this person's disapproving of me. Let me go find... Let me either completely obliterate myself and get blackout drunk so I don't feel the pain that comes from this criticism and this rejection that I am perceiving this as. Or let me get some attention from someone that is regarding me in a positive way someone that wants something from me so they're treating me nicely right until they have whatever they wanted from me and then there's just more negativity to recover from (laughs) but anyway But those are the things that would trigger me a lot. And then I also would tend to get triggered over time-related things because I don't really have much family. Like, both of my parents are dead. I don't have, like, a big extended family. It's really just me and my brother. So I get very triggered by, like, holidays like because christmas was like a really big deal growing up for example easter was a really big deal i was raised greek orthodox so like my mom my mom was greek she would like do this whole thing for easter and like paint the eggs and decorate and make special bread and cookies and we'd go to church and like do this whole thing all of those things aren't like a thing anymore so we don't do any of those things obviously because there's none of us left there's only half of us left so around these times these specific holidays i also get very triggered and i would react in these destructive ways i would react by acting out i would react by involving myself with people that didn't really care about me just wanted to use me for my body or for my attention i'd react by self-destructing by shutting down by dissociating by isolating myself from people that actually had cared, abusing drugs, by abusing alcohol, by abusing my body. And then inevitably, you know, I would wake up the day after, sometimes somewhere that I didn't even know how the fuck I ended up there and just be overcome by my feeling of choice, shame. And then the cycle would begin all over again. That was until I identified my triggers and I made an action plan and I avoided the people, places and situations that would cause me to feel these feelings that were so uncomfortable for me that I wanted to run from, that I wanted to harm myself over. So it absolutely is possible to rewire our nervous system, to rethink these things that we are trying to run from, to reframe them in our minds, but it all starts with awareness. So what I would recommend is next time you're triggered, really notice the situation that you're in that caused this trigger. Notice the feelings that have come up for you and write them down. So for example, If you're like me and you're triggered by criticism, what you can do is, okay, so really notice your reaction to the situation, feel the sensation in your body, like locate where it is because then that takes the pressure off of your thoughts and the stories that you're coming up with about the situation and then even write down, like what it is, like later, whenever you can, write down, I was in this situation, you know, I was at work. My coworker criticized how I did something. I felt embarrassed and I reacted by texting my ex, like whatever it is. And notice that how sometimes when you bring awareness to this pattern, you notice how nonsensical it is when you write it down like that. And then you can choose to like change your response, right? You can be like, okay, uh, I was criticized by my coworker. I felt embarrassed, so I went home and cuddled with my pet you know instead of texting my ex for example it's like this one small shift this one small change but it stops this chain reaction of events that will eventually lead you down the same exact path that you started in that cycle of emotional addiction and it all starts with awareness awareness and then once you notice When you get triggered, you'll start noticing that even your triggers have a pattern. There are certain specific Things that trigger each of us that are based on our past that you will notice we will encounter in situations in our day-to-day life that have nothing obviously that have nothing to do with our past but our body remembers so we're reacting in the same way to present situations as we did to situations that made us feel the same way as they did to things in our past but that's keeping us stuck in this loop that is making us feel like shit and making us unhappy and inauthentic. So when we bring awareness to these patterns, when we bring awareness to these triggers and we choose to respond differently consistently, this is maximizing our ability to cope with different stressors that we face in day-to-day life and will ultimately make our overall quality of life better because we are not resorting to things that we will have to recover from later and it's fine of course we're gonna make mistakes of course the very first time that something is brought to our awareness and we react differently we're not going to react differently every single time that the same trigger is brought like the universe is going to test us over and over again to see if we've learned our lesson and healing is not linear so it's like we can make the same mistakes three times and then the fourth time we got it and we never make that mistake again or we can catch that one mistake choose to react differently and then that pattern's broken for like it really depends on the person and it really depends on your intention. And it really depends on your will and how much you You want to change these patterns. Because if you want to change these patterns, you can. And a lot of the time our brain knows that as well. But it's like because we're used to reacting in these destructive ways, our brain wants to keep us in these same patterns. Our ego wants to keep us there because we have this like false sense of safety because we think that because we've been through this before, even though it's making us feel like shit and making our life horrible, we know how it's gonna end up. So we have like this false sense of control. But the real sense of control comes from controlling our reactions to things that disrupt our internal equilibrium And sometimes it's like just this tiny, small little thing that I'll do to disrupt this course of action that I know is gonna get me into trouble. For example, when I'm triggered in my day-to-day and I really cannot get a grip on my emotions in that moment and I feel like I'm gonna explode or I can't. For example, you know, tell this person off or remove myself from the situation or go meditate. Sometimes I will literally just take three super deep breaths before reacting and the other person like it might seem insane to them but I don't really care I'll take like three really deep breaths before reacting and like find my center and then I realized that the sting like the emotional charge from that trigger has actually gone away without me having to do anything really more drastic than breathing also, another thing, and this could seem ridiculous, I don't realize sometimes that I can react to triggers in these really extreme ways simply because I am hungry. I, <laughs> sometimes I will be stressing myself the fuck out because I have just forgotten to eat and I'll be doing something. or I'll be interacting with someone or I'll be facing the situation or some kind of challenge and it'll just seem like the most difficult thing in the world in that moment. I will be berating myself. I will be going to the depths of hell psychologically when all I really need to do is like eat a sandwich or something. I swear, like I'll be stressing myself out, realize that I am hungry, eat, and then go back to whatever the activity is that I was doing and realize that it is so easy and I was just... Making this such a big deal for no reason. So as ridiculous and as simplistic as it sounds, so I'll do this thing It's called HALT. It's figuring out before reacting to a trigger if I am hungry angry lonely or tired so H A L T HALT Once you're faced with the trigger figure out wait Should I eat before reacting to this? Am I angry? Is this person trying to cross my boundaries? Should I express that? Am I lonely? Do I need to reach out for connection? Do I need to reach out to people that I love that care about me? Am I tired? Do I need to take a nap right now? Halt before reacting. H-A-L-T saves you so much trouble. Trust me on that one. And then there's something called the vagus nerve in our body. And... The vagus nerve's function is basically activating our nervous system's calming response. After we have experienced an emotional upset, after like a stressful experience, our vagus nerve calms our nervous system so... By working with our vagus nerve and helping our body increase our stress tolerance, we can do things, for example, to stimulate it. If we do the thing where we take deep breaths in and out, we can exhale for longer than we inhale. And that stimulates our vagus nerve and makes us feel more calm. So that's sort of like a hack physiologically. Uh, Laughing. Even just smiling. Uh, I know it sounds kind of dumb as well, but like when you feel upset, if you just smile or even laugh, if you're alone because like you might look insane, let's be honest, if you do this in the middle of a conversation where someone's like upsetting you, um, (laughs) you can just like smile or laugh. That also stimulates and activates the vagus nerve and makes you feel calmer. And also, and this is something that I haven't tried, but I want to try it. Cold therapy. So basically, if you submerge yourself into a really, really, really cold body of water, so like either, you know, you put a bunch of ice in your tub or if you live somewhere that's really cold and you can submerge yourself into a natural icy bottle of uh, icy body of water, then... What happens if you do this regularly, your body gets used to going back to baseline really quickly, like from the really the cold shock, the shock of cold to your system goes back to baseline really quickly. So when you're shocked, quote unquote, in your day to day life, like when your emotions have been really highly activated, if you've engaged consistently in cold therapy, your body's like used to going from like shock to baseline, shock to baseline normally quicker faster so that's something that i want to try as well it seems really interesting and definitely could be useful and apparently you see results from this uh, to your nervous system after doing this consistently just for one week so definitely worth a try if you can do that. And if you can't do it with your like entire body, it also works apparently if you submerge just your hands into ice water consistently for a week and just notice how differently your nervous system responds when you're upset. But yeah, there are always things that we can do instead of acting out, instead of engaging in relationships sexual emotional or otherwise with unavailable abusive liars cheaters users abusers these are not our remedies anymore there are things that we can do to emotionally regulate ourselves that do not cause addictive emotional cycles and one of the things that helped me the absolute most like if you take nothing else away from this episode other than this it's really identify your triggers so identify the feelings specifically behind your triggers so like okay this person criticized me at work This made me feel stupid. Feeling stupid reminds me of when my dad used to call me a dumbass when I was three years old and I was helpless. And that makes me feel like shit. So I'm going to go fuck this guy. No, we don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) We don't have to do that anymore. We can have an action plan. Identify our triggers. Identify the feelings behind our triggers. Work with that feeling to negate it. So it's like, okay, if one of your triggers is feeling stupid, do things that make you feel smart. If one of your triggers is making you feel lonely, get a pet. Some of the things I like to do personally when I'm in a highly activated emotional state is I like to wear baggy clothes, like oversized clothes, because it makes me feel really comfortable. It makes me feel like I'm being like hugged and cuddled. Um, Another thing I do is I light incense and just change the atmosphere of whatever room I'm in. Deep breathing helps me where I'll breathe in really deeply and then exhale the breath with a sigh really loudly. And also sharing, sharing, just opening up, reaching out to people that care about me. So it's like when you're bored, when you're triggered, when you have this internal cr- craving for something for someone outside of yourself and you're subconsciously looking to get into some trouble come back to this episode and really take a look at yourself really take a look at your triggers really take a look at the motions behind them make an action plan re-regulate your nervous system no pressure (laughs) And I promise you, once you start responding differently to things in your day to day, that's how you start changing your whole entire life. Because we have no power over what triggers us, right? We have no power over how other people treat us, how other people speak to us, how anything happens outside of ourselves. The only power that we have lies in our reactions. So we need to become aware of our emotions because that's where our power lies.